0: So let's, uh, let's jump into our message this morning. hope you're ready to go. So that question kind of geared us up. If you're the picker, pick first, middle, or last, whatever the situation is, uh, we all have been in that space, right? We've all been the children outside on the playground. We've all been in the classroom. We've all been in these different situations in our adolescent lives where we're organized around groups, right? Right, we've all been organized around groups. You had the popular kids, you had the smart kids, you had the 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 grungy kids. You had all these things, all the different groups. Right? You know, I was again kind of in the middle. I had to kind of have my own group. What were you? Where were you at, Miss Dawn? Were you the popular kid? You were a popular kid, weren't you? <laughs> she said no. All right. Well, like, but not by popular. Okay, gotcha. All right. She was well liked, but not by popular kids. Right. So, I don't know where you fall. Uh, You know, it's tough when you're adolescent, it's tough when you're growing up as a kid, especially in school situations, because, man, there's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of social anxiety that goes on in those situations. So if you're going through that now, I guess you're not because you're not in class. Well, if you were going through that before all this started, you understand what we're talking about. And it'll happen again when school starts back up, right? Uh, You know, some of us were fast. Some of us were smart. Some of us were popular. Some of us were not. Some of us were slow. Some of us were not as smart as others. But no matter how we were or where we were organized in our social structure, we did surround ourselves by those like us, didn't we? Think about that. If you were fast, if you were smart, if you were well-liked, you usually circulated around people of the same as you, didn't you? Most of the time, right? We all eventually surround ourselves with others like us, right? We set out borders is a way to think about this. We set up borders and we pick out those who were either like us or who we wanted to be like. You ever did that? Remember, think back. I know for some of you, it's like a lifetime ago, all right? Some of you, maybe it's fresh, but think back to when you were in school. You picked out those friends who were like, oh yeah, he's like me. Uh, He's kind of not not too smart, but a little smart. He's kind of fast, but not too fast. We can share some things. We like the same things or she, whatever. And we hang out together. Or you would pick that person and be like, man, they are really so well-liked or they're so popular. I want to be like them. So you cling to them, hoping some of that would rub off on you, right? <laughs> so we surround ourselves with those and we bring them into our circle. We get to make that choice though, don't we? Ultimately, we, may not, we might not think we do in some situations. Sometimes we may think I'm forced into this group, but ultimately we do make the choice. We're like little kings or queens of our little countries, Right? We set up borders in our lives and we say, you're allowed in and you're not, or you fit in with me, but I don't fit in with you. And we all do it. We all do it. Maybe looking back, you remember your closest friend circle. You remember those friends that you would never, ever leave. You never thought they would ever leave you. Maybe you're still friends with them now. Maybe you haven't seen them in 20 years. I don't know what your situation is. Maybe you had those super close friends, but you remember the next one, the next little circle, right? Was those people that you would hang out with sometimes when you didn't have your close friends around and they were just kind of chilling whenever you needed somebody, but your other friends were gone. And so you'd hang out with them. And then you had those other ones way on the outside that you wouldn't even be close to that you wouldn't be seen dead with if your friends were around, right? You didn't want to be anywhere near. So you had little borders. You had the close border. You had the one a little further out. And you had that one that's way out there. And all those outside of that were not coming in, right? I think you did. Most people do. Most people do. If you're older, you're probably looking back on that as you're thinking about all those those times in your life. And you're thinking, man, how petty and immature was I? right? How many dumb mistakes did I make because of this peer pressure of these social structures that I lived in? What what was I thinking? Why don't it just be me and let it go? But we didn't do that, did we? And so you may be thinking, man, I was petty and immature. You're glad you're not back there again. But that behavior (laughs) doesn't really stop, does it? It doesn't. We grow up, most of us do, and, and hope that we've changed. We have less peer pressure, we have less things affecting us socially. And so we get to be a little bit more of our own person, but we still are affected by that behavior. We still inherently seek out those like us, don't we? People who share our values, people who share our beliefs, people who make us feel validated and safe. We, we mark out the borders of our life and some are allowed in and some aren't. This isn't school for most of us, but we still do that. We still do it each and every one of us, you can think right now of ones that are allowed in your life and ones that are not. You've set that border in your life. I've set that border in my life. Now on the surface, that seems innocent. (sighs) What's the big deal. We all do that. It may even seem necessary, but it's way too easy to fall into the trap of a tribal mentality when we set those borders out. Now what I mean by that is a tribal mentality of there is an us, there's the them. Okay. That's the tribal mentality. And no matter how mature we think we've gotten or how advanced we think society has progressed, we still see that mentality play out over every social level of our lives. Example, nationally, right? We see it play out over what? Race and politics. Division, separation, borders, who's allowed in, who's allowed not, not even just political borders and national borders, but I just mean, again, racial and, 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 and all those borders that we set in our lives, those divisions that we make, those group divisions that we set out. Locally, especially here in Powell, but I think of, over most local places, we're divided over personal freedom versus personal responsibility on a personal level. We let in those we feel love and validate us, who support our decisions no matter what. And we keep out those who have hurt us or who we've hurt, don't we? Ever had that bad breakup? Or you ever had that person break up with you? Or you had this relationship that's just gone sour, something happened and you just don't even know, but you said the wrong thing or they said the wrong thing. And now you're just kind of weird in a weird place with each other, right? And they're kind of out there and you're over here and you just don't know if you can ever get back together again. You put a border up. We live with closed borders naturally, demanding that others change to be allowed in, but never willing to change ourselves. I'm speaking to myself here too this morning, not putting the onus just on you. I think this is a common experience. You see, the more we turn inward, the more we push others out, don't we? The more we see them as the outsider, as the other, as them. In our pride, we build up these giant walls of prejudice and we stand on top and we look down at others who are different and treat them as the enemy, though they may even be our neighbor. Our problem isn't new though, thankfully, in some ways. So to help us find the answer, we're going to go back a little bit And we're going to look at a man named Peter and find that he was dealing with the same exact problem. And we're going to see how his life changed and how our lives can change too. So let's dive in together. If you have a Bible, look at Acts chapter 9, verses, excuse me, Acts chapter 10, verse 9. Acts 10, verse 9. I'll get it right in a minute. And I encourage you to turn there. If you have an app, pull it up on your phone, your tablet. Whatever device you have, we highly encourage you to look at the word. Don't just trust what I'm saying. Read it for yourself. Acts chapter 10, verse 9. As you're getting there, let me give you a bit of context on who Peter is, okay? So this man called Peter, he was one of the very first followers of Jesus, okay? He had, he had followed him for three years. He saw his miracles. He, saw, he heard all his teachings. He'd been with him everywhere. He had even seen him die on the cross. He had seen him rise again, and he saw him ascend to heaven, And his life was all about telling others about Jesus. That was his total sole purpose of existence, Peter was. He was just there for Jesus and to tell others about him. But the others that he told were Jewish, just like he was. He shared Jesus with other Jews because he believed, like most Jews of his day, that God had specifically chosen them among all nations to be just his people. And as far as Peter was concerned, Jesus lived, died, and rose again for Jews and Jews alone. That belief led him to see anyone who wasn't Jewish as an outsider, as even some cases inferior, as unclean, as not acceptable by God. They were on the outside while the Jews and those who followed Christ because they were Jews were on the inside. Those on the outside were Gentile or non-chosen, one of the nations, which was the ugly word in their mind. They were considered the unclean, the unfit, unallowed to be close to God. So as such, any self-respecting Jew like Peter or those with them, they would never have associated with those Gentiles. Never. They wouldn't date them. They wouldn't marry them. They wouldn't even share a meal with them. Most of them wouldn't even step in the door of someone who was not a Jew. Now, maybe this sounds familiar to you. I know that I think most of us can think of someone or several someones that we wouldn't be caught dead at a dinner table with, would you? Or we definitely, definitely wouldn't want our children to be anywhere near their children, right? Right? No, don't even talk about marriage. We don't even want to break bread with them, much less have to have family, be family with them. We have those divisions set up, don't we? Nothing in Peter's life would change his mind. Nothing in our lives will change our mind. There's no law. There's no protest. There's no hashtag that can change our minds. I want to make sure you understand that this morning. Like Peter, we are, we are prisoners to our past that we are subject to our beliefs and our backgrounds, and it takes something outside of ourselves to break us free of that. Peter was never gonna change without something radical happening in his life. We will never change, no matter what the culture says, no matter what somebody says you should do or should not do, no matter how many people demonstrate, on a personal level, your change will not come from yourself, not naturally. Because prejudice is not a matter of the head, but of the heart. Now, fortunately for Peter and for us, there's a solution that comes from outside ourselves. So let's look at Acts chapter 10, verse 9, as we see what changed Peter and how it's changing us today. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 16. I'm going to read all of this. This is a little bit different. I'm going to read all of this today. And we're just going to summarize a couple of key key parts, okay? So we're not going to break it down like we normally do. Acts chapter 10, verse 9 through 16 says this. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and, and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him saying, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is uncommon or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time saying, what God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and then the thing was taken up at once to heaven. See, God gave a vision to Peter who was stuck in his past to break down division. Much like Paul we read about last week, Peter couldn't see beyond his past, so God was breaking into his present to show him a better future. Two weeks ago, we discussed how God will use ordinary events as opportunities for extraordinary encounters. And that's exactly as what's happening here for Peter, isn't it? Peter's just chilling out. He's hanging out on the roof. He's hungry. It's about lunchtime. He probably didn't even have breakfast, so he's getting really hungry, maybe even hangry, right? He's hanging out on the top of that roof and he's like, man, I am starving. I wish these people would hurry up downstairs and get me some lunch cooked so I can eat. And as he's sitting there on that roof, God says, I got something for you that's better than the food you're gonna eat. I'm gonna show you food that you've never even thought about eating before and it's gonna change your life, Peter. And so as he was doing that, Jesus took the moment to set food on his table that Peter would never have eaten on his own. Just like staying separated from Gentiles, you see, For Jews, there were certain foods that they were not going to eat. They were told not even to get close to. They were to stay away from it. Now, these weren't personal preferences, you know, like not eating liver because liver is gross. All right? That's a fact. Okay? It is. No, they weren't just personal preferences. (laughs) These were dietary restrictions that were given down by God centuries ago to have them set apart from other people, not because they were better than, but because they were supposed to be an example to and point people towards the one true God. But they took these things a little too far, (laughs) right? They became more about the rule and less about the relationship, which is a common problem that we have in our lives too. And so they took it one step too far. And so to eating anything off the menu for them was unthinkable. So Peter sees this sheet come down and he sees all these animals on it, everything that he would never eat. And he sees them all mingled together. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. You said don't eat this. I am not eating this. There's no way. There's nothing that's going to change my mind that I'm going to eat this food. And he had to hear it three times. Right? That's what it said. He said it came down. He saw it. God said, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. One, two, three more times. It had happened three times before Peter could start thinking, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You see, God was using Peter's stomach. Remember, he was hangry, right? God was using Peter's stomach to get to his heart. Now, ladies, maybe you already know this. You probably do, especially if you're married or had a good relationship with a man that this works for dogs and men, right? Right? You always go to the stomach. You go to the stomach first and you got everything else, right? You just keep, you keep doing some good food and that that guy and that dog is never going anywhere. Matter of fact, you might attract more of them, right? So just to beware if you don't know that already. But you see, God was beginning to open Peter's eyes, wasn't he? In a new and radical way. He was beginning to open his eyes to start seeing past his prejudice because it wasn't just what he could or couldn't eat. God was using that, but it wasn't about what he could or couldn't eat. It's about who, he could eat it with. The four corners of the sheet represented the four corners of the world. And all the various animals on it represented all the peoples, all the ethnic groups, all the colors, all everything, all in this one big sheet, all mingling together. Once Peter said, man, they had to be divided. There's us and there's them. There's this big border and they were on the outside of that sheet and we were on the inside closest to the center with God. But God was saying it's all together. Radically different than what you thought, Peter. You see, he wasn't just expanding Peter's menu, but expanding his borders. God was showing him what heaven looks like. Peter thought to follow Jesus meant to live separated from others not like you. But God was showing him that the gospel has no room for prejudice. You see, Jesus shows no partiality but he seeks out the outsider. He freely welcomes in all who are willing to change their past for a future with him. There are no borders. If you go back and listen to our playlist, I picked that song first this week. It's by Ring Collective. It's called There Are No Outsiders. I picked it for a reason because that's what the gospel says. There is nobody so far gone that can't be allowed in. There's nobody that's so radically different that they can't be brought in and changed by the grace of God. There's you this morning who may Maybe sitting and thinking there's no way that God will allow me in his kingdom. He is already saying, come in today. For those who follow him and when you choose to follow him, because it is a choice, when we choose to follow him, Christ d- eliminates our borders and we give up our right to define our borders. Those social structures we had set up, those people in our lives that we said, yeah, you're allowed in, but you're not. Christ says, no, <laughs> that's not your right anymore. This isn't your kingdom anymore. It's my kingdom. You're living in it. And I'm going to show you the the better future to live towards. I'm going to show you a redefinition of border in your life. We don't get to choose who's kept in and who allowed, who stayed out. We have to just follow what he has said. And he shows us this future that is better than our present situation ever thought about being. You know, that means that there will be some, we'll want to say, no, no, no. You still have to stay out. But God is going to say, yes, yes, yes. They're in. You see, it wasn't easy or immediate for Peter. It Took him three times, right? But even then it said he was confused when he got that vision. He said, man, I'm sitting there, man, was I just really hungry? And I just got so delirious that I had a hallucination. I saw all this weird stuff I would never eat. And he was confused. But then God clarified it for him because it wasn't long before a group of Gentiles showed up at his door and asked him to come into their house and show them and tell them about Jesus. And Peter finally understood. He said, oh, it's not food, (laughs) not just food. It's about who we're eating it with. So the next day he left with him, he stepped through the door of a Gentile for maybe the first time in his life, knowing that his reputation would be ruined forever. Remember, he was a leader in the church. He'd been with Jesus forever. He was the one who preached one of the first uh, messages to a group of people uh, in Jerusalem at Pentecost, all Jews. And he had done all that because he was a leader. He was the one who was going to set out to be a trailblazer for, for Jesus. And now he's trailing another path that other people might not follow. He's stepping into the door of someone that nobody else wanted to talk to. They could be out there, but they weren't allowed in here. And Peter steps through that door, risking everything, knowing his reputation is going to be ruined forever. He still steps in that door because he knew at that moment that the call of God was more important than the pressure of man. Get that church and seekers this morning. The future that God sets out for us is better and is more important than our present when he redefines us and what our borders are he's showing us the better way forward it's not just so we can see it and try to process it mentally so we can absorb it and place it in here to be changed in a heart first peter finally got it. acts 10 verse 28 you can read this later you can look there now if you have a minute to flip to it He got in the door, he sat down, he said this. He said, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But what happened? Peter didn't say, but I've been thinking about it for a while and I think we should let people in that are are Gentiles. They're fine now. No. He said, but God has shown me, not culture, not logic, a heart change from the creator. He says, I didn't make you separated. I made you the same. But God has shown me, verse 10, 28, that I shall not call any person common or unclean. I shall not call anybody as out there and not in. We are all equal before God. You see, Peter didn't change his mind on his own, but God showed Peter a new future and changed Peter's heart. The only way to a future where prejudice is in the past is to be changed by the God that breaks down borders. That is it. We can have a debate on that if you would like. Find me later, we'll talk about it. But I know that the only path forward is to look to the future that God has given us and to seek to live like the one he sent to us to save us, to live radically different, and to show others the better way forward. How we do that is three different ways. We have to do what God called Peter to do. First, we have to rise. We have to rise out of our past. We have to rise out of our hurts. We have to rise out of our prejudices. Many of us, I know it, I've lived it. Many of us have been raised by generations that have carried around hurts, have carried around guilts, have carried around grudges, and they've passed those on to us. Whether you realize it or not, you know you have someone in your immediate past or a couple of generations back that, man, that person did not like someone or some group or something that had these things they carried around in us, and we're affected and changed by that, right? We grow up around that stuff, and you you can't just, ah, it's out there, and I don't want it. It becomes a part of us, sometimes whether we want it or not, it feels like. We carry those things. They pass them on to us. And throughout our lives, maybe we've had experiences that have validated what those beliefs were. Maybe at one point we said, man, grandpa or grandma have that backwards. They are way off. And yet we start having experiences we are like, man, I don't know. Maybe they were right. We have to ask ourselves, what will define the borders of our lives? Maybe the better question is, Who will define them? Will we cling to the past because it's comfortable, familiar? Or will we allow Jesus to lift us above the hurt and the hate and to follow him to a better future, follow him to a better path forward? Also like Peter, the second thing we have to do, we have to rise above the past. We have to kill Oh, before we don't, nobody take that out of context, by the way. (laughs) By mean that, I mean, we have to put to death ourselves. We have to put to death those things that we've carried around in us. We have to put to death the love of self above all, because that is where the ultimate cause of prejudice and pride sits, is our love of ourselves. Who can come in? Who cannot? Us versus them. That's all about Me. What I think is right. We have to put that to death. Peter was brought to a point where he was more concerned about following Jesus than what others thought of him. And so. He got to that point where he knew the love of Christ was more important than anything else in his life. We have to get to that point ourselves. We have to put to death our love of self and put the love of Christ above all things. That's when change happens. That's when he invades our hearts and says, I'll show you the new border. We can say, all right, Jesus, it's scary. It's not what I'm used to. It's not the the border that I've set out for myself, but I'm gonna walk into this new strange world that you're calling me into, this new reality. And I'm gonna walk in it even though I'm unsure because I love and trust you instead of love and trust my beliefs, my past, my background, my prejudices, my pride. I'm going to lay it all down. I'm going to love you more than I love me. We have to kill ourselves. Rise out of our past. Kill ourselves. Eat is the third one. Now, for some of you, woohoo! you're excited about this part. We got to eat, all right? So it's, it's, not, it's only 1030. You can go have brunch here in a minute, right? Maybe you're ready to go eat. What I mean by that is we have to be willing to step over the borders that we have set for ourselves, again, to walk into this new kingdom that God has called us into, to, be, to have our borders redefined. We have to walk into this new reality, live it out in real practical life. Like, go do this, right? We can't just talk about it. We can't just say, oh, God has called us to love everybody and, and, and be kind and be just, and all these fluffy things we say. We have to actually put feet to our actions. We have to say, man, I'm going to live my life differently Not because I've chosen to, because God has called me to it and I've chosen to follow him above all things. And so we have to, to step into that new reality. We have to eat. We have to go into relationships with those we have considered unclean, those in your life that you have said, I'm never sitting down and eating at their table, meaning I'm never going to have a conversation with them about anything. They're over there, I'm over here. If we're gonna talk, we're gonna be bitter enemies. We're gonna not like each other. We're gonna debate. We're gonna argue. We're gonna pitch fits. We're gonna gossip behind each other's back. We're gonna do all those things. We're, gonna break, we're not gonna break down the walls of prejudice. We're gonna build them higher up. What Jesus is saying is that when you love me more than you love yourself, you have to eat with those you don't like. You have to eat with those you once considered unclean. You have to have your heart changed so that you see them in a new way that you see them not as someone on the outside, but as someone Jesus has brought in, just as he brought you in. It means we have to ask forgiveness for the pains we've caused to others, and we have to seek forgiveness for the pains that they have caused us. We need to be changed by Jesus to the point where we can all sit at the table together now. Not tomorrow, not next week, Now, just like we'll be sitting around the table in heaven together one day, that's the new reality we're called to live in. It's scary, it's hard, it's necessary. It's where he wants us to be. So that change that we're looking for, it's a hashtag, it's a slogan, can't come from culture, it has to come from Jesus. And if you're ready to be changed by him today, he is still working right now. He is still speaking as he spoke to Peter, speaking to you, even you who may be buried, needy in prejudice. Maybe you built a wall so high that you don't think you could ever tear it down again. God is gonna bust through that this morning with the power of the Holy Spirit. His presence and his power, his, his reality, new reality in your life is gonna change things you never thought that could be changed before if you allow him to, if you say, I'm ready, to do that, we t- committed to seeing people transformed by the power of the good news of Jesus Christ. Because you see, not only do we build up walls that separate us from each other, we build up a wall that separates us from God. But we believe that Jesus Christ, He came to earth, born of a virgin, perfect, sinless, no nothing. He, he was just this, this perfect God man. And He came in and lived among us, He died for us, for our prejudices, for the guilt that we carry, for the shame that we carry. He died. He took all that on himself and he put it in the grave with him. And he rose again and he said, all who believe and follow after me will have life abundant and life eternal, meaning that he breaks down those walls in our lives. So if you're sitting there saying, I don't think I could ever get this wall torn down, you're not tearing it down. Today, he is tearing it down in you. He is tearing it down one brick at a time in you. And he's ready to move in. He's ready to be allowed in. And that's the choice you have to make to allow others to come in your life. You have to allow him in your life. And watch as he redefines your life. If you're ready for that relationship, not a religion, not a bunch of rote words and processes and rules and regulations, you're ready for a relationship with a God that is seeking you out, that is invading you this morning. It starts by simply responding to him in prayer. We're going to give you a chance to do that in just one minute. If you're still seeking, you're like, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if I'm ready to, to go all in on Christ yet. I understand. We totally, totally understand. We believe fully that faith is a journey and it's a process. And some of us are ready to, to just dive in to this new reality. And others are like, I don't know. I'm, I need to know a little bit more about it. <laughs> we understand. So I want to encourage you to come back here every week. I want to encourage you to look, check us out on Facebook and on YouTube and our website. Keep pressing in, ask questions, message the church page on Facebook, call us, email us, talk to me, text me, whatever the case is, let's walk this road together. Let me show you why I believe what I believe and why we practice what we practice as a church. Let's show you a new reality that is, blows our present away. Keep checking us out. If you're ready to make a decision, we're going to give you that chance in just a minute. For believers, though, let me talk to you for just a sec. Peter had a beautiful attitude toward God. If you read a little bit before that, he was praying before he got his meal. He was seeking God. He he was always seeking after Jesus and what Jesus wanted. That's what set him up for success, didn't it? He had a beautiful attitude towards God, but he had a lousy attitude towards people. Fellow Jews, great. You know, if they were as long as they were following Jesus and they were Jews, awesome. Loved you. Appreciate you. If you weren't, eh, lousy attitude towards others. You see, if we don't respond to Christ prodding, like Peter, and let Him change our heart, our relationships with people will suffer, and eventually, our relationship with God will suffer. It's inevitable. It cannot. They don't. They, they cannot exist separately. You can't have a great relationship with Jesus and say, "I don't like other people." Never gonna happen. Okay, not possible. One of them breaks down eventually. God has called you to love him above all things and love others more than yourself. It's huge. It's a game changer. And so we have to be broken down by him to absorb that more of him into our hearts than ever to to develop a relationship with him so that we seek out relationships with others that are radically different than the ones we had before. God changed Peter and he can change us. So if you're thinking, "I don't know, I'm, I, I don't know, I, I've been stuck in my ways for way too long," I'm ready. To, I'm following Jesus. I'm trying to, but it seems like I'm not getting anywhere. He is still working on you. He's still doing it. Don't stop now. Don't say, hey, "I'm good." Oh, no, no, no. I don't want it anymore. Lean in. Don't lean back. Let him continue to change you. He is. As he's doing that, here's our call this week in the face of all these demonstrations, here's what we should be doing as a, as a group of believers, as people following after, chasing after Jesus. Here's what we should be doing. Let's live in his kingdom, not our own. All right, that's first. And let us passionately follow after him. Let us, let us lead the change that God has called us to in our communities, in our rela- personal relationships, in our nation. Let us lead the way to the better future that Jesus has shown us and not allow the culture to dictate what we should and shouldn't do. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're going to pray for those of you who are seekers, who are like, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to have my borders redefined. I'm ready to be changed. I'm ready for, for something fresh and new to fill me up, to, to be filled of love instead of hate and discontent. If you're ready for that this morning, here's how we do that. Let's, let's, let's pray together. And by prayer, I just simply mean you talk to Jesus. It's not complicated. It's just words that flow like you're talking to me or anybody else. You see me say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for the hate, for the prejudice, for the pride that I've carried in my life. It's worn me down instead of build me up and it's allowed others to stay outside of me in my life that I need to let back in. God, please change me. Jesus, change my heart. Let me follow you with everything I have and give up my right to, to define my border. God, and let me live in your borders. So I don't want more than anything else. Help me to chase after you. If that's you this morning, and you pray that prayer for the first time. We want you to respond to that, to us not because we want to put you on a number as a number on a sheet or anything crazy. I want to walk with that journey on that journey with you. That decision is a big giant step forward. And so we want to, to be there for you. So Ms. Dawn is going to post a comment on the chat on the comment section here in just a minute, and she's going to post it. And if you respond to that for the first time, we want to know. So I encourage you to, to like it uh, so that we can follow back up with you later today and say, Hey, thank you for making a decision for Jesus. That is a major, major step. Now what happens next? Is even more exciting. We want to follow up with you on that. So like the comment, don't wait. Don't say I like it next time. Oh, I'll talk to them later. Why wait? Why wait? Let's do it now. As you're doing that, we're going to pray all together as we close up and get ready to charge out for Jesus this week. So let's pray, okay? Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you for you are the God that changes us, that we don't have to to change ourselves, that we don't have to sit here, man, I just hope I'm a better person. I hope I can work hard enough to get it done. I hope that I can just make better decisions. I hope that my life can can just be changed if I work hard at it. Forget that. Lord, change us first. God, invade our hearts, Father God. I pray that we allow more of you in than we've ever allowed in, Jesus, that we are not sitting there waiting and holding you at arm's length. We say, come in the house, Jesus. Lord, we are ready to receive more of you than ever before, because I know, Father, as you've already shown us in your word today, that, God, as we allow you in our hearts, God, as we see you fill us up to overflowing, Jesus, that, God, that we cannot help but be changed by you, that, God, that as we are changed by you, we cannot help but to change relationships with others, that we will see walls of prejudice torn down, that we'll see our communities change, that we'll see our country change, that we'll see our lives changed forever into this new reality, living in God's kingdom, living in your world, Jesus, not our own, living for you. God, and bringing you to others and showing them let's live this new reality out together. That's the passion. That's the call. God, let that be our anthem this week. God, let that be our passion this week. Let that be the example that we set for others this week, God, that we live it out. Live out that change that you have changed in us this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. As we are ready to wrap it up, and my son is way tired of me talking. So as we're ready to wrap it up, We're wrapping it up. Thank you for checking us out. Make sure you share this post with somebody you know who needs hope in Jesus today. Make sure that you let them know you love them, you care for them. Spread it around. Don't let it just be my message. Let it be your message this week as you carry it out. And let's lead change through racial injustice, through prejudice, through pride. Let us be that change that God is calling us to be church. Amen. Hey, and we'll see you here next week. All right? Yes. See you next week. Thank you for checking us out. Have a great day in Jesus today. See you next time.